As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. And as uh, some of that intro music should include you into, it's the Preacher special. We're back uh, for season two. I'm Scott McGregor. This is the hair metal hero, uh, Chris Tyler. We're on a mission for God. We are uh, to find God and, and possibly kick the shit out of him. Potentially. That, that'll be fun if he doesn't want our help. <laughs> um, but yeah, glad to have us uh, have this back. We're going to cover um, episodes one and two of season two because it aired uh, in two consecutive nights, and it's now on Monday nights um, as opposed to Sundays. The last season was on, so hopefully that's I don't know if that's better or not as far as the whole you know TV rating structure thing goes. Well, you know when the rest of the major networks have their reruns in their crappy uh, summertime programming, why not? It's good yeah. counter programming. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so we are, are on the road, which is the episode title, and, and it was good to have the the trio of Cassidy Tulip and Jesse back on on the set. That's for sure. And yeah. we're computer screen in my case well actually i did get my my tv set up briefly in my new place and was able to jack my uh, amc tv uh you know to go thing on the computer over to my big screen and watch these on the big screen nice my very nice TV is, that was right before phase two of moving and now my tv is again surrounded by boxes so i can't watch it anymore <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we finally moved to the new studio. At least we got that set up, so that's a good thing. And um, I'm only going to apologize once that we're not going to probably be able to get these out as we did last time, like before the next episode of Preacher airs. Uh, so we appreciate it if you stay with us, but it's it's not going to be quite as timely unless we can catch up, or you know, or at least um, you know maybe we'll get a. I don't know if we'll take a break and maybe we can knock a couple of them out, but. Life has happened to me and my partner here, so... Yeah, life happens, and... Um, yeah, and the Defenders are right around the corner, too, yeah, so... too. <laughs> uh, and now, and luckily, we can kind of do it at our leisure uh, anyway, so maybe yeah. we'll get some of this other stuff caught up. And I finally got caught up with the current Asian version, uh, season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, my God, this season was awesome. Yeah, it really was, man. Looking forward to seeing... Uh, Agents in space, spoilers. Uh, Agents in space. We really, really did not see that one coming at the end there. So yeah. Well, yeah, that's how you that's how you hook them for a cliffhanger. All right. Thankfully, it's coming back. All right. But but preacher, as we um, just a little recap of last season, we ended with uh, the town of Anvil blowing the hell up. In a, sh- in, a, in a shit explosion. In a shit explosion. And the trio was off having some breakfast when this happened and discussing their plan to go find God. And, um, again, appropriately enough, we open on the road with our gloriously big preacher exposition text. <laughs> I love these yep. title cards they use, reminding us that this is the search for God, day one. And our trio <laughs> is headed on down the highway. 
Cassidy is pontificating, as he often does, about circumcisions and how it's a conspiracy to use the foreskins and skin grafts and face creams. Seems legit. Yeah. And Jesse remarks on what nice skin that uh, Tulip has because she's rejecting the idea out of sheer ear factor. <laughs> <laughs> we learn that Jesse is taking them to see an old family friend who is a biblical scholar to see if he has a lead on where God might be hanging out lately. And come on, Eileen, comes on the radio, and so your dirty joke's here, and... That is the dirtiest song ever written. It is. Yeah. And the cop turns around because Tulip is uh, going 97 miles an hour, and she plans to use her Afghanistan vet story to get the sympathy thing again, but Jesse thinks that he should use the word instead. But uh, she actually chooses door number three and cranks the stereo and floors it. And we get some nice car karaoke, and the chase quickly turns into a Smokey and the Bandit movie. Yep, I'm complete with grainy film stock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was interesting, but as previously mentioned, they're low on gas, and, and so they run out mid chase, basically. Um, not the worst of their problems, though. No, no, not at all. Uh, so, so we get Tulip and Jesse are up against the car, and Cassidy is told to give up his weed, and he's of course carrying his umbrella, which he tries to explain that he'll catch fire if they make him drop. But the head cop doesn't listen and, and bats it away, and we get a little smoky Cassidy for a bit. And he, he's about to pull Cassidy back out into his doom. Cass actually kind of jumps in the car. And uh, Jesse uses the voice to stop the cops, including telling one to mace his balls. Yeah. It's got to be painful. And two others to hold hands and one to sing the Yellow Rose of Texas. But Yeah, which I, you know, anytime you get to hear the Yellow Rose of Texas, it's worth it. Sure. Or see a guy mace his balls. You know, that's what we <laughs> look for in a preacher show. Mm-hmm. Um, close to go fuck yourself, but not quite. Maybe we'll get there. Who knows? Uh, Tulip is unimpressed and, and doesn't think using Genesis is kind of a fair fight. You know, she would have rather shot herself out of the situation. That's our Tulip. Yeah. <laughs> As they're about to leave the beguiled cops, uh, a crack is heard and bullets from very, very far away start killing cops and destroying cars. And uh, just, you know, big, you know, it's like artillery shots, it sounds like. Yeah. Cass gets a little crispy as uh, bullets pierce the car that he's in, but he crawls underneath it and crawls along as it uh, moves slowly away, which it was just a great scene and, and <laughs> so much comedy and, and slapstick in, in this opening. Whilst all the horror is going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the, the brilliant mix this show gives us. Tulip won't uh, leave her car, but uh, of course has no gas, so Jesse suggests that she siphon some with the intestines of one of the dead officers while she looks for Cassidy, while he looks for <laughs> Cassidy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost kind of a throwaway, and we don't think she's actually going to do it, but uh, a little bit later. <laughs> she, she doesn't. But, but Jesse saves Cass, and the trio is off as more bullets fly and cars explode. We see the carnage was brought by uh, the mysterious cowboy from hell. And we get our opening graphic. So uh, back on the road, a bloody... Well, let's just talk about the opening. I mean, it's it's just as batshit as, as it needed to be. They didn't waste any time hitting us no. with some great action and some great gore and uh, some great discussion on foreskins and your face cream. So <laughs> you, you, you had me at circumcisions, uh, Preacher, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, inspiring. Inspiredly wacky, as as most of the show has been, and it's you know what, um, 
I'll just jump in right now. I, I did feel like the, the first season did kind of take its time. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're going to be taking their time this season. No, you it kind of feels like they just they wanted to set up that world, which they did, because you really get to know all three of the main characters and the mysterious cowboy quite well. Yeah. So I think now it's going to be uh, pedal to the metal, just judging by this opening scene. And you just told me you haven't seen episode three yet, but yeah, it I have not. starts getting rolling into a gigantic fucking snowball going downhill very quickly. <laughs> so well, you're going to enjoy good. number three, my friend. Good, very good. much so. <laughs> well, back on the road, a bloody mouth tulip remarks that she needs to get the taste out and stops at a roadside store. Uh, the implement of her distaste is still dragging along from the gas tank. Yes! It's just... <laughs> flopping. Just flopping. Yeah, great. So some great intestine work by the, the effects department. Well done, folks. Um, the store where you always got to applaud good intestine work. Uh, the store worker threatens to call the cops, so Jesse orders him to pretend that they weren't there. And Tulip tries many things to kill the taste, but Cassidy's got the method, uh, presumably from many years of chewing on various parts of people's bodies. Uh, hot sauce and yoo And that, that's actually probably a very adequate formula for something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but just write that one down, kids, just in case you ever need it. Oh, I've already made a mental note. Yep. So he pulls a very big piece of shrapnel out of himself as Cassidy and, and eats a cat while he's there, too. Yeah, poor cat. Yeah. Being a cat person now, yeah, that one that one hurt a little bit. But, a little bit. Uh, but mine doesn't straighten up occasionally. She's going in a fucking casserole, so. Or cat, <laughs> casserole. Casserole? <sorry>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the real meow mix. Yes. Uh, and I, I really love that in a world where I uh, that I can have a reason to write that sentence for one of my hobbies that you know, yeah, he pulls a very big piece of shrapnel out of himself and eats a cat. <laughs> America, fuck yeah, baby! Yes, that we can say that on the podcast. <laughs> this is being recorded on the fifth of July, so happy birthday, USA! Um, <laughs> So in the store, Tulip is actually trying to pay for her stuff, but of course uh, the worker is ignoring her. Uh, and unheard by the announcement, uh, unheard by her, the announcement about Anvil blowing up is playing on the radio, but she doesn't catch it this time. Cassidy reminds them all that the cops and the gunfight were possibly not an accident, as many people will be looking for Jesse and his, his new superpower. Uh, but Tulip reminds them that they're in Texas, and they pretty much grow dumbass crazy around here. Yeah. And I was hoping Brian Hughes might be able to join us uh, so he could confirm or deny that. But <laughs> he's, he's definitely got some crazy in him, but I, it, Brian's definitely not a dumbass crazy. He's no. Smartass crazy, if anything. Yes. It's more dangerous. <laughs> Love you, B. Uh, close behind the trio, the uh, the cowboy comes upon the shop worker and asks if the preacher was there, and says no because he doesn't know. And the cowboy proceeds to rip his tongue out and looks at it. And I, I kind of thought that he maybe he was getting some message from it, like he, he could see the next destination or something. But no, he's just sadistic. Yeah, yeah you hell will do that to a person. Yes. Jesse and company arrive at uh, Mike the Scholar's house, and Jesse goes off to talk to him alone. Glenn Moore shower. Was, is that the actor? Yeah, he's he's an actual military man too. He's oh, great okay. every time he shows up and stuff. Yeah, I, I know he's one of those guys. You know, that's in like everything, but I couldn't place anything in particular. 
Uh, yeah, Cassidy starts getting a Woody for tulip brushing skull fragments out of her hair. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he expresses to her that they think they should tell Jesse that they had brief back car sex once. And Tulip tells him that would be a very, very bad idea. Mm-hmm. You don't know him like I do, Cassidy. <laughs> Tulip and Cassie are sound in the garage and they find a young girl, Ashley, who begs for a phone. <laughs> <laughs> Which we think is to to call for help, but uh, Mike comes in and tells him to leave her, and Jesse just says, "None of our business." You know, got better fish to fry. Yep. Tulip insists on knowing about the girl, though she's completely horrified, and we we learn that uh, that's just kind of how Pastor Mike ministers. Moving on, she's addicted to social media. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so we got to lock her in a cage, a c- covered cage. Very important. Yep. Yes distinction there and Cassidy offers up you know the idea like why wouldn't you just you know chain her up in the ba- the basement or something um, nope covered cage <laughs> that was more Scottish and Irish apologies to our Irish friends out there for any of my attempted <laughs> attempted attempts at your it's alright Dave Walker where are you yeah. Dave's too nice a guy to pretend to be Cassidy True, or to even you know call me out and doing uh, a shitty Irish accent. He's just <laughs> told me he's far too nice to be my podcasting partner. Uh, <laughs> well, Jesse gives Mike the news about uh, about God being gone. He doesn't seem too surprised, and Mike claims that he's learned of it. Sounded like the Marauders map of Harry Potter, basically of God's whereabouts. But then tells the interested trio that it actually doesn't exist; just a myth. Yeah. And uh, Mike tells him he can't help them. He goes to tend uh, to Ashley in the cage, and Tulip is flipping through an old photo album. We get a couple foreshadowings from the comics. Thank yes. you, Aquarium. And some, I uh, lost my shit when that little aquarium toy popped up. Yes. And so I think we'll be meeting some of the fam eventually. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) They decide to stay the night, and Jesse, Cass, and Tulip are stuck in the same room and the same bed together. (laughs) Cassidy would have no problem if they went at it. He grew up in the (laughs) People next to if they want to. He's like, oh, I grew up Irish, you know. We we screw in front of each other all the time. Uh, But Jesse and Tulip take a pass, you know, thankfully. Yeah. Cassie just wanted to be invited in, frankly, but (laughs) why not? Uh, Cassidy snoring wakes up Jesse, so he goes outside for a smoke, and Mike joins him, and they have a little talk about the reasons why God might have left. Mike warns him against action and asks him for proof of Genesis, which he shows by making Mike break his whiskey bottle, which is presumably the the only thing you know that could make Mike do that is is the power of God. <laughs> Jesse still believes him that uh, receiving Genesis was, uh, or tells him that he he believes that receiving Genesis was kind of his destiny, and you know he's meant to do this. Mike gives him a business card to a strip club where a friend of his named Tammy, uh, who apparently had seen God, is is working. Yeah. So I've they, been to I've been to several of those establishments. I have not had a religious experience at any of them, though. No, no. Well, you got to pay a lot extra for that. <laughs> oh yeah, more than I That's like spend. you're talking. You know, the roll of dollar bills ain't going to cut it. If you yet. don't look them in the eye, you don't have to pay them. That's what I heard anyway. But really, I I don't think that really works. <laughs> well, works for me. Just, well, you, then you have to outrun Bruno at the door, though. Well, that's why there's mirrors around places I go. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you can get creepy. Fun. I'm 
clearly not the connoisseur you are, sir. So I don't it's been a long time, but I did have my my day. Hi, Maureen. What's up? Bye. All right. So uh, they hit the road again en route to the strip club, which is apparently a real strip club. I watched Talking Preacher after this. All right. All right. And the cowboy uh, shows up soon after. Mike grabs a knife and hides it, and uh, oh, he shows up at Mike soon after. Uh, he Mike so grab, Mike grabs a knife and hides it and pours a couple drinks for the confrontation. And we learn that Mike knows who this is, and we get a big title card confirmation that this is indeed the Saint the of Saint Killers. The Saint of Killers. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, lo- I love the guy that's playing him, man. I know, he's just, and they're letting him speak like this uh, this season, too, so that's yep. pretty awesome. <laughs> he actually says more than a couple words. But the Saint reminds him, oh, go ahead. He, I can't believe he was one of the Hobbits in the Hobbit trilogy. I know, and you can only really see it when he's... He did Talking Preacher after the second episode, and you could definitely see it then, but you can't when he's in this makeup. It's, and he seems like one of those gentle giant type guys, too. Yeah, he totally <laughs> is. Yeah, he was like the most you know demure. He was funny as hell on Talking Preacher, too. I don't know if you can ever catch that, but it's, uh, it's pretty no, good. They never, only I've do it like it. twice a season, unfortunately, but... Um, so the saint reminds him that he can make him talk, but Mike removes that option by stabbing himself in the heart. Smooth. And at Chi-Chi's, the uh, dance hall, it's a strip club with a jazz band. Not something you see every day. And apparently the jazz band does not actually play there uh, in real life. It's a plot device. Yeah. But Jesse goes to meet up with Tammy, and Tulip misses another opportunity to hear about Anvil on a TV. Doug is summoned to deal with the case of uh, Hands, which, of course, means that Cassidy touched one of the girls. <laughs> and, <laughs> yep. And this struggle will be displayed on a security camera in the office behind Tammy as we're uh, talking to her. Jesse relays a message from Mike, and she denies the notion that she saw God, uh, but she breaks and admits that he was, in fact, at the club, and that and you'll shit yourself if you ever see him, preacher. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Jesse and Tulip discuss using Genesis, yeah, like right there in front of her, and she's like getting a pencil ready to stab him. And, uh, but she would rather Jesse or her beat the information out of her. Tulip, this is. You know, she said Genesis isn't fair. We should we should earn our information, I guess. So Tammy is calling for Doug, who is wrestling with Cassidy, and Tammy threatens them with a pencil there, but is shot by a stray bullet from the Doug-Cass struggle. Yeah, before she dies, uh, Jesse uses the voice to make her tell him which of the girls got light. But she says, "You dumbass! He wasn't there for the girls. He was there for the, yeah, for the jazz. Yeah, that's jazz, man." Mm-hmm. That, that's a, I thought that was the devil's music. I don't know. The blues is the devil's music, I guess. Uh, jazz, man. Isn't it jazz? I don't know. Well, usually with blues, you got to sell your soul to the devil to get good. Right, right. Maybe jazz is just that, that's what the demons play. <laughs> I don't know. Ah, but I love it, so maybe I'm evil. Blues and jazz. <laughs> uh, they find themselves uh, at hotel rooms at the convention of uh, gun th- enthusiasts. Yeah. <laughs> just. I'm just- Brilliant. It's Texas, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. And one of me has, like, a rocket launcher. Uh, yep. So, fuck that Second Amendment. Uh, it's clear Jesse isn't, uh, or yay, Second Amendment, I guess. It's clear that Jesse isn't happy about Cassidy's conduct at the club, and he apologizes profusely. But in their room, Tulip and Jesse engage in some alone time after she decides she wants to go to the bathroom and lock the door, and uh, sexiness ensues. Must be one of their little games. Mm. Games are fun. Games can be fun. 
seems like a lot of work. Does, but you know, uh, sometimes the end result's better for the work. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But breaking in a door that that is kind of you know you can injure yourself. Yeah, splinters, man. Mm-hmm. Splinters are never good. No. <laughs> Going outside for a post-coital cigarette, Jesse sees the thing of killers walking slowly towards him and tries to use the voice to uh, stop him, but it isn't working. And we uh, fade to black, and the end credits had a nice tribute to the recently departed Steve Dillon. Yeah. It, yeah, on the road, good start. Not yeah, much to yeah, say it about it, but... Uh, they're, they're, a, lot of, a lot of punch, a lot of forward momentum. Yeah. I was really amazed that, like... We you know in one episode we get a confrontation between Jesse and the Saint already. It was just like whoa. Yeah, it's about time. I mean, they they built up both of those characters enough by now that mm-hmm. you have to kind of put the earthly forces that are going to be against Jesse kind of on his heels. Yeah, I don't remember exactly if they. I thought it was a lot later that they you know actually met in the comics. No, it's the first story arc. It's before they um, before they beat feet out of out of Anvil. Uh, this, the saint is roused, and he does come after them because he has the confrontation with the um, the Anvil police. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he, I mean, he slaughters like all the Anvil police. Yeah. Slaughters pretty much everyone he comes into contact with. Uh, that's what his. That's his job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even Cassidy says, you know, in the next episode, maybe he's a Terminator. In a, <laughs> in a way, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ah, yeah, think, yeah, great start, and it was just like I, I thought they were doing a double shot, you know, the same night, and I found out it was the next night. I'm just like, no. Uh, well, they got to string you along a little bit. Must have more now. Is it going to be more than eight episodes this season? Yeah, I think this one's actually like thirteen. Oh, good. Um, Ten to thirteen at least. Uh, so like almost a full, well, a full run for AMC is you know usually eight to thirteen or so. All right, all right. So yeah, they they definitely. I don't know if you know. I, I never really read anything about what kind of ratings it did, but AMC must have known. You know, they must have locked in for two seasons right off the bat, anyway, because they knew they weren't going to get very far in the story with the first. No, one, so no that that eight episodes. It's like all right, let's see how you do. If it's half decent enough ratings wise, we'll. And I think keep- a lot of the uh, the comic readers, you know kind of any gripes they had kind of went away when they realized it was more like a prequel, you know, to the comics than anything. Yeah, and I, I kind of had that feeling, too. I, I would have liked more forward momentum, but if they're going to be able to do what they want to do going forward and actually get through the, the finite story that it is, then that's that's fine. It's nice that they're I, still... I, just, I don't want to see any dilly-dallying, though. Right, well, it doesn't look like there's going to be much this season. <laughs> they're stuffing a lot in. Um, you're just you're gonna nerdgasm, you know, in episode three multiple times. It's gonna be a great night. All right, all right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, they stuffed quite a bit just in this episode and moved it along. You know, we got you know, search for God well underway, a nice shootout in the beginning and uh, car chase shootouts sex, you know everything you so, yeah. testings everything you could want in one hour of TV really a little bit more about Jesse's backstory and how mm-hmm. it's just briefly touched on about his family which that's what I'm that's what I'm waiting for but that's my my favorite storyline in the book is the in the comics is the uh, Jesse's return home oh, yeah. <laughs> which I'm I am waiting for oh, yeah 
so I mean, what more can you say? They, yeah, they're they're moving right along. Maybe we should just move right along with their, the next one because they're yeah. they're pretty it's much pretty much a one-two back. punch. Yeah, um, and we we should mention that there is a small scene in in episode one that uh, well a couple teases where we see signs for this guy, the amazing Ganesh. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> we don't know who it is yet. Like a Vegas performer in a in a in a turban, and and Cassidy actually sees a commercial near the end of the episode, and, and has a look of epiphany on his face, but we don't understand quite why yet. Yeah, I didn't know either. I was going, "What the hell is going on?" Well, I think I had seen a preview with, with uh, the guy in question in costume, so I think I, I was kind of spoiled on that one. But uh, well, they, they don't take. So let's there. spoil it for everybody else. Indeed, episode two is called Mumbai Sky Tower. <laughs> uh, we pick right up where we left off, of course, with Jesse facing down the Saint to Killers. The Saint fires, but luckily a van and someone's head gets in the way. And it crashes full into the saint who eventually uh, pushes the vehicle off himself and keeps coming Terminator style. There were like so many Terminator, Terminator 2 call outs, you know, yeah. in this character. It's not even funny. So the people of the gun convention have come outside to see what's happening. And <laughs> yeah. Jesse uses the voice to order them to stop the cowboy, which they attempt to do with an impressive amount of firepower. Yeah. But, but to no avail. As I said, one of them even has some kind of like missile launcher. Yeah, there's a rocket propelled grenade in there. It's nice. Um, his turn. Before Jesse can scream for them to run, the slaughter begins, leaving uh, none standing. But Cassidy comes to pull him away, and then they go for uh, Tulip. She is finally learning of the Anvil disaster from the TV, which is promptly shot. Basically, the carnage continues with the saint killing every motherfucker in the hotel, including one poor sap who doesn't realize his arm is gone and is trying to get a root beer. Yeah. <laughs> Got any change? <laughs> what does Cassidy make some mention? He's like, oh, you know, try this soda. It's good for us. Uh, ginger ale. It's good for severe blood loss. <laughs> Just never miss a open door there, Cassidy, no. do you? No, he doesn't. <laughs> The trio escapes the saint once again, who screams his displeasure into the opening titles. And Cassidy, of course, is, is working it out and thinks he's either a Terminator, or either Terminator 1, just coming back to kill one of them, or Terminator <laughs> 2, coming back to kill all of them, or he's probably a Nazgul. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> one of those three choices. Uh, Tulip isn't taking the news about Anvil well, and as I was going to say a little earlier, it is nice that they are actually, there is drama in the, you know, it's silly, gory shit a lot of times, but there's some good drama in here, too. And it was nice that they didn't just, like, write Anvil off completely, that they're actually going to have the characters deal with that. You know, because uh, Tulip lost to her Uncle Walter there, you know, and then Jesse lost pretty much everything, everybody there, and, you know, Cassidy doesn't give a fuck, he's not from there, but... <laughs> You know, it's good that they just didn't let it evaporate and not have the the characters ever ever even think about it again. Yeah. And, of course, we still got Eugene floating out there in hell somewhere. So. Yeah. So Cassidy uh, notices a T-shirt of the amazing Ganesh once again, uh, and he also noticed that Ganesh is our old angel friend, Fior. And we flash to big title card a couple days ago and see Fior returning from hell uh, and headed to the Mumbai Towers Casino. Um, we see what he's been up to since he lost to blank to the Saints Bullet. 
and he immediately proceeds to hang himself, and of course he inter- instantly regenerates. And we get a little montage of him repeatedly killing yep. himself in various horrible ways, as well as getting himself some pleasures of the flesh before blowing mm-hmm. his head off. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the while, we're traded to a, a lounge singer doing a lovely version of That's Life. <laughs> Thought it was very well sung. And it will be somewhere in this podcast. <laughs> He has one death while actually watching the singer. The singer hands him the mic to do a verse, and he grabs the mic and dumps it in his drink or something and electrocutes himself. (laughs) Yeah, and of course he instantly comes out from uh, the backstage alive again, and the audience, of course, thinks it's part of the act, and uh, thunderous applause, and the amazing Ganesh is born. So Fiora now makes a living by being killed on stage and doing things like picking up his own severed head when he regenerates. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful stuff. There's one William Tell uh, type death, you know, where he's got an (laughs) apple in his mouth. And, you know, his assistant shoots him in the head with a a crossbow. Crossbow. And and regenerated Fiora comes out and takes a bite out of the apple. Just, uh, <laughs> you, you magnificent bastard, Jim. It's genius. Yeah. <laughs> now, I want to ask you, though, what did you think was, like, the impetus of him killing himself over and over again? I just, like, guilt, like, just kind of... He, his, he lost his hetero life, mate. Yeah, yeah, you could tell he was uh, was beat about that, but, I mean, he knows he can't really die, so... I mean, I just, well, I mean, if you hit, if you hit depression, I mean, mm-hmm. that kind of level of depression, you lost your best friend. Yeah. You know, somebody that's been with you through thick and thin, then without them, you know, I, lesser things have driven people to kill themselves. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, well, it's I mean, futile. Just hoping he had an expiration date on the whole regenerating thing or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you'd keep trying until you got sick of it, you know. Mm-hmm. I just I took it more of as just like a self-guilt thing or just, you know, of self-flagellation almost. You know, of uh, this is all my fault, and so I want to be in pain over and over again. That certainly is valid as well. But uh, where are we? Yep. Um, so Ganesh is born, and he now makes a living doing it, and is very popular. And I particularly like the scene where the audience in the front uh, finally, you know. As he gets more popular, they start wearing Gallaghering up. Yeah, rain parkas to protect against the blood spray. Yeah. Like it was a Gallagher show. Which, which you know, he almost should have done, like, squished the head with a sledgehammer or something. That's the way yeah. I would have wrote it. But the watermelon it up. Yeah, maybe they were out of brains special effects at that point. <laughs> <laughs> should never run out of brains special effects. Yes. Production crew, get on it. Uh, Cassidy and Jesse approach Ganesh, who's not happy with Jesse's, and they have to argue. They don't know what angel he is. They think he's to blank. Um, he's not happy with Jesse's explanation about why he kept Genesis, and, and Ganesh gives him the, the lowdown on the Saint of Killers and how unstoppable he is. And Fior also mentions that he would call him off, or he could call him off as he hired him. But uh, if Fior suffers a photo op with a disabled child for a minute, uh, comes for some autographs and stuff, and Jesse figures out that the saint is tracking him when he uses the voice. So they tell Fior about God being missing, and he agrees things are serious, but that he just doesn't really give a shit about Jesse's problems. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm stuck on this earth being a fucking stage magician where I actually have to kill myself. (laughs) Like, I don't give a shit anymore. 
Cassidy uh, steps up and offers to go talk to Fiora and use his skill set to persuade him. I have certain skills. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you, all Cassidy impersonations you do from now on. <laughs> <laughs> this will apparently take exactly two hours and 45 minutes. So he's got a system, I guess. Well, he knows how long it's going to take to cook some meth and uh, (laughs) heat up some some crack cocaine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesse joins Tulip, who is mourning the loss of Uncle Walter and the town. And they decide to get a room to pass the time waiting for Cassidy. Sex is always a great painkiller. In their post-coital discussion, they talk about the ongoing plan. Tulip questions why they're even bothering to continue to search for God in light of Anvil's, uh, Anvil's... destruction and you know jesse's kind of like it's more important now you know he's got to answer for this shit too yep tulip asks the important question closet or bathroom and jesse instead says let's get married okay <laughs> to which she slaps him and says it was the worst proposal ever but uh ends the scene smiling now now fior shows up to his dressing room to find cassidy in a blowtorch uh, waiting for him and he has all the necessary ingredients for a fun two hours and 45 minutes. Heroin, rock cocaine, lemon juice, and mineral water, because you can't trust that tap water. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what's in that shit. And then Fiora thinks he's just trying to get him to change his mind, duh. But Cass assures him that he just wants to cheer up a mate. In uh, first time's the main line, and Fjord gets a speedball right in the neck, which kills him instantly. Die laugh, and he yeah. plug, hit the plunger on the needle, and the instant flash of the regenerator. Yeah. <laughs> I was my pants laughing. Okay, less heroin next time. Yeah. <laughs> Thought you had this shit down, Cassidy. <laughs> uh, he never speedballed, you know, an angel before, though, so that's the... Misunderstanding in chemistry, I guess. But then we're treated to some uh, great Steve Winwood doing "I'm a Man" and a drugged-out blanket fort building frisbee-playing montage of insanity and exposition about the saint and matters of heaven and hell. Uh, just words can't describe how beautiful this sequence is. Amazing montage. You have to you have to watch it. It's like something out of a Hunter S. Thompson fever dream. Also, Archie Comics in Lines in a Hot Tub. I, I think we've all been to this party. Um, without the uh, homoerotic insinuation, I might add. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. But winding down with ice cream and foreskin jokes. <laughs> we have three and a half minutes left. I would explain the creaminess. Yes. I'm Cassidy's persuasion counter. Uh, so apparently the job's almost done. Jesse and Tulip prepare to tie the knot by having a couple drinks, but Tulip sees somebody that she was obviously hoping not to and goes to kind of chase him down or or just get out of the room, maybe, leaving Jesse in the dark and at the bar. Oh, it should be said that the chapel that they've decided to get married in has um, those little buzzers, like when you go to a restaurant, like your table is ready. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And there's a whole shitload of people getting married that day, you know. Gary, as we learn, is the name of the man who freaked out Tulip, shows up at her room, and we 
cut to Jesse still waiting and drinking with the lounge singer, who obviously has an unhealthy obsession with Sinatra. Yeah. C- Cassidy shows up and tells Jesse it's all been taken care of, and he believes Fior is going to call off the Saints. So, good news. But back at the hotel room, Tulip invites Gary in, and we learn that he worked for someone named Victor, who has been looking for her for a very long time. Mm. She apologizes, and Gary hands her a phone to call Victor, but she uh, begs him to say that he didn't see her. And Gary's like, no, that ain't going to work, and there's a struggle. And Tulip eventually gets the best of him with a wedding chapel beeper to the face and proceeds to beat him to death with it. Yeah. <laughs> Ruining her new shirt that she went to get. Yeah. Uh, and Cassidy shows up just in time and she swears him to silence about the whole matter. So Ganesh and Jesse are waiting at the chapel and assures uh, he assures Jesse that the saint will be called off, but he tells him that he still shouldn't use Genesis. And Jesse's kind of like, yeah, fuck that. If I think it's going to help me find God, I'm going to use it. And that he still thinks that it was meant for him. And uh, Fior is not real happy about that. No. Tulip arrives and tells Jesse she changed her mind about getting married, saying that marriage is stupid. And the trio gets set to leave, and Cassidy gives Fior a goodbye hug. <laughs> Fior tells Jesse good luck and asks where they're going next. Jesse says they're going to follow the music, so if God likes jazz, they're going into New Orleans. Which is uh, where Gary came from. Right. Clearly, Tulip not happy about the new location. Yeah. And he uses the word to tell Fior to find peace. Uh, and back in his dressing room, Fior is approached by the saint who asks if the deal is still on, which is he wants to see his family again in, you know, in exchange for killing Genesis. And Fior directs him to New Orleans and tells him to kill Genesis. So he also tells the saint he has another job for him, and at his show, Ganesh is shot by the saint, and the crowd boos loudly when he does not reappear. (laughs) Fiora's dies with a a look of peace on his face. Mission accomplished. He just really wanted out of the world. And the saint goes marching on to New Orleans. And that's where we leave episode two. Yeah. Oh, man, this this episode was a hoot, man. Steaming full ahead, definitely. Um, yeah, you know, you got a Cassidy drug scene going on. You got more sexy time with Jesse and Tulip. Intrigue, Tulip secrets, beating to death with a uh, chapel beeper. Just yeah, really, Eugene is also mentioned. Yeah, 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 because uh, he, he asked uh, Fior why he couldn't get him out of hell, and he's just like, just couldn't do it, never going back there, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I think you might, might be seeing Eugene show up eventually, maybe soon. All right. Uh, but if you've already seen episode three, you know spoilers. Uh, you're spoilers. not gonna spoil. I've read the whole. The, the, yeah. I'm not. I'm not worried about spoilers for this show. <laughs> not um, till we record about three, because it's just. Uh, yeah, they're steaming full ahead, folks, and it's looking a lot more like the comics. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I had a big smile on my face this whole episode, man. It was just so wacky. I mean, that's man, it's it's really hitting that Garth Ennis level of black humor now, even more yeah. so than the first season. 
Yeah, I, I found uh, a lot of faults with the, some of the episodes in the first season. If you know, even whole episodes, I wasn't real keen on. If I remember our podcast correctly, and this one, I found pretty much zero faults in these two episodes. Yeah, they're two for two this season so far. It feels it feels like the comic. It's not word for word, but again, you can't do it word for word anyway. Um, but it's uh, it definitely feels like picking up an issue and reading it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah, and uh, some popular characters will be coming. Oh, let's see. Um, trying to think of who would be. <laughs> well, Jody and TC, obviously, and uh, I guess Star and his assistants would be the other big ones. My lips are sealed. My lips are sealed. Okay. Yeah, who knows? Maybe that song might show up. Just we seem to be in an eighties vibe right now. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, I, I'm really, I'm really excited about where the rest of this season is going after these two episodes. It's, uh, man, the, the the three of them together is just such. They just work so well together. It, it's it's awesome. <laughs> it's it's a joy to watch the three of them together. I usually watch the subtitles when I can because I still actually do have little problems understanding Cassidy at times. Um, it's it's weird because I've gotten so used to talking to David Walker, but his it's strange. His Irish accent sounds like so different than uh, yeah, he, you hear on TV and stuff. So I don't know if it's him altering for our sake. Or... No, I think that's Dave's <laughs> natural voice. The, yeah. the Cassidy voice is. It's more the stereotype. Well, the guy who plays Cassidy is actually British, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so but he's, he's trying doing... to do. Yeah, the, more the Ennis version of the of the dialect. Yeah, yeah. The st- the ster- heavily stereotypical punk Irishman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be worse. He could sound like Shane McGowan, and he doesn't. So, right. <laughs> no, it's good. If anything, it adds an authenticity to it that you can't get every word sometimes, and they don't shirk like the. You know, they definitely have no problem using you know. British Isles type slang that we might not get immediately over here, so they they don't dumb it down for us. Like, no, not at all. Um, uh, I'm just so glad to have this back. <laughs> I was I did a rewatch of the first season scene before this, and it was just like, oh yes, more now, please. Nice. Yeah, I don't think I even need to revisit season one. If if at this point, if I revisit any of season one, it'll probably just be the first and last episodes. Yeah. No, I, I think it improved. Uh, I, I mean, I watched each episode probably twice when we did the recaps before, but I think I, I liked it a lot more um, the second time, even just uh, the performances mostly. It's just, you said they, they did some serious, good chemistry casting with, with these three people. And it's, uh, and yeah. They're all great actors. They're all doing different accents than they actually have. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's effective. They, they don't slip too much or anything. And, um, Excuse me, I've said it before. I almost wish uh, they, you know, they would have written Tulip as as an Irish girl. Because every time I see a Ruth Nega uh, interview, it's just like uh, just <laughs> just record three hours of yourself talking to me, and I can die a happy man. <laughs> yeah, she's a. I mean, she's just she has such an interesting look. Yeah, and it's it's she was great on Shield, and and she's even better on this. It's a it's a meaty it's a meaty part. 
she gets to have a lot of fun. Yeah, they know how to shoot her too, man. They, they do nice close ups on her face because her eyes are like maybe proof of God. Um, <laughs> in my opinion, you can tell I got a bit of a celebrity crush going here. Um, it's all good, man. It's all good. So we are gonna. We've uh, got one of our listeners who wrote us an email a while back that we read on another show, or we'll read on an upcoming show. I don't know if I've produced that one or not yet. Uh, Patrick Dumore, um, who's going to try to get on here with us for a couple preacher episodes, but you can too if you'd like, and you can email us at weeklyheroics at yahoo.com, and we've got Defender stuff coming up, we slowly but surely are wrapping up S.H.I.E.L.D., and I apologize to Barry Allen and Oliver Queen, we left you in the dust a long-ass time ago. <laughs> There's just so much to so much to, to watch now. So what you need to do is you need to go to the Two True Freaks website and jump on the Amazon link. And, uh, you know, you can pick up Trades of Preacher. You can pick up Seasons of the Shows. It won't cost you anything extra. We get a little kickback to leave the lights on. There you go. And maybe someday we'll be able to, like, get Demanza Corp scientists to clone us so we can actually cover all these shows efficiently for you. <laughs> oh, I'm one of a kind, baby. And, uh... Uh, but I've a, seen I've seen the six day man. Yeah. I ain't I ain't doing that Schwarzenegger stuff. <laughs> no, well, if someone cloned me to look like Schwarzenegger, you know, about fifteen years ago, I'd be okay with that. I just don't want anybody to stand up to me and go, "Why don't you, <laughs> why don't you go fuck yourself in the ass?" <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Oh man, well, especially yeah. not uh, Jesse Custer. We don't want him saying that. Well, we do want him. No, saying well, that, I, but yeah. Not to me. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever get there on, on this show, but I, I think macing your own balls is maybe about as close as we're going to get to that. I think that was maybe a little nod to it, but... A penis did get shot off in the first season, so I, I don't yeah. think they'll have a problem going there. No. <laughs> Someone had to siphon gas with an intestine this this season already, so I'd yeah. say it's an open road. I, <laughs> I don't know why you'd hold back after that one. Nope. <laughs> I think everything's fair game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they know what they can get away with now, so they'll be pushing those that envelope if <laughs> Seth Rogen is still the comedian he once was. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Walking Dead opened a lot of doors on AMC. <laughs> yes, it did, yes. Unfortunately, it did. Do you remember the time when, like, they would they always talk about preacher going to be on Showtime or HBO and yeah, it was and HBO it was like for a long time. I remember talking. when the early casting rumors were James Marsden as Jesse, yeah. which I think he would have nailed it. He would have been good. Yeah. And uh, Samuel L. Jackson as the Santa Killers was like, yeah, Ooh, man, it would have been very different. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm I like sure what I we still would have been a fan though. Yeah. I would have been all over it. No, you couldn't. I mean, that goes back to the argument. You know, I'm sure someone would get their panties in a fucking bunch over a Nick Fury. You know, Nick Fury. Yeah, Sam Jackson, Santa Killers, but um, it's Sam Jackson, and he'd be on the warpath. <laughs> right? Who else would you want doing that? Well, I think we found him. I think they've. You know, if you if you're gonna cast this, he's ripped right off the pages, basically. Yes, it's like can't really beat that. He he owns that part now. Yes, yes, he does. Uh, a little more TV news that we'll be covering this one, and uh, we've we've got a name humans trailer out there. I'm sure you've seen, sir. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Maybe less. You know, I saw a lot of hate freaking press on it, mostly from. 
io9 gizmodo oh fuck them man it's all clickbaity shit anyway well it is now that site really upsets me because i've literally read it for like 10 years and it used to be a lot better um but oh ooh, black bolt didn't have a mask Ooh, you know what he had the friggin' suit on and he couldn't speak okay yeah i I had no and we got locked ramsey bolton is maximus (laughs) yeah come on okay with it all i i agree the the medusa wig is a little off-putting, but I'm gonna not judge it till I see. Sorinda Swan is gorgeous, even with yeah. that ridiculous wig. Okay, uh, and I, I'm not gonna judge it till I see it in action. But we got fucking. I said they had me at Gorgon hooves. You know, yeah. They, they showed Gorgon. <laughs> they showed Triton too for yeah. a hot second. Triton yeah. looked great. Yeah, uh, Karnak, right Karnak the had the the tattoos on his face. Like. Come on, man! You yeah, can, I'm there. Fuck. I'm I'm so ready, man. Lockjaw. Yeah, yeah. Lockjaw. The trailer didn't pop. I mean, let's be honest; it wasn't great. But I mean, it did. For those of us that know the no, it wasn't. But it it hit a lot of triggers. So, well, they've got time. I mean, they can th- they can throw out an actual you know do another two minute trailer like a couple weeks before it is. And again, it's a niche thing. Like they're not the the. the the people that, you know, tune in to watch the shows, you know, the family sitcoms and stuff, uh, you know, that's it's not for them. Like, yeah. but they know the people that have watched that have watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and watch other stuff are going to tune in for that and at least give it a shot. And it's again, it's a it's going to be, a you know, a short season. You know, it's not a full 24 episodes. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see what they do with it. They had them on the friggin' moon for crying out loud! Like they're yeah, not beating around the bush here. No, no. Oh, it looks like a lot of it's going to be like an Exodus type, you know, exile type situation where they are brought into our world. But I mean, they did that in the comics too, so there's no bitches there. I mean, the, the Inhumans interacted with real world people all the time, other superheroes usually. But yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's going to kind of suck that they won't be able to play with the Fantastic Four at all. But I mean. Yeah. I'm you kind know? of amazed they got Crystal. I'm amazed that this wing of Marvel even can do the Inhumans. There's some kind of background <laughs> deal going on there. I don't know. I, I don't. I, again, I don't know what constitutes uh, whatever it is uh, Fox's characters that they have. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. they have Doctor Doom yeah. and the Silver yeah. Surfer, but Galactus. But I'm really no. intrigued by this this IMAX opening that they're doing. And I, I, I don't I'm know. I'm really. If it's gonna, I, I got a freebie ticket because of a thing that happened, and it's like, you know what? I might as well use the freebie ticket for that because, you know, I have no problem paying for the movies that I want to see. I don't want to pay to see a TV show, so. Right, but I got to think they, you know, to put it on IMAX like that, there must be a reason to watch it on IMAX. I mean, they did shoot the first two episodes in IMAX, so, I mean, we're going to get some nice vista shots of the blue area of the moon and shit i'm i'm there i, I just like i want to support it just just to support the idea i think it's a ballsy the only thing that's given me a little hesitancy about it is it's the same showrunners as iron fist right yeah which is <laughs> but then again if you if you if you called the iron fist show something else and you cut out all the stuff about all the kung fu stuff in it then it was kind of a family business drama right so yeah. again that's probably closer to the tone that they're going to need for the inhumans as well which is a family drama 
I still don't hate Iron Fist. I think it, I don't either. I, I think I, it was more production issues than, and maybe some writing issues. I think it was. It was. It was a, it, definitely the writing. I mean, that show should have been kung fu nonstop, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. You can listen to our Iron Fist uh, podcast, where I go over a lot of my theories about why it wasn't as good as it should have been, probably. But um. hey, look, Marvel's pumping stuff out. Not everything. Most stuff that they've done has been like you know nothing lower than like a B minus level overall right. in the yeah. movies and the TV stuff. So this one was like a C minus. You know what are you gonna do? That yeah. I guarantee you, the defenders will probably have people apologizing. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I think oh. it's gonna be run a lot better. And I think this guy must have. I think he must have learned some lessons or gotten some good notes or they probably wouldn't have handed him this show. Because <laughs> this, this is a big gamble. This IMAX thing is actually a big money gamble that they could lose their asses on. They're clearly putting money into it. And, yeah. I mean, yeah, does Lockjaw look 100% photoreal? No, but I'm sure it's costing a hell of a lot of money to put him in the show. Yeah, but he's there, man. He looked great, I thought. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a, that's a great way to... I, I think that was a great way to do the design. They put the little tuning fork as a just a mark on his on his head, man. Yeah, it, yeah. He looks like a dog. It's yeah. going to be a lot easier to sell people on Giant Dog than... I like the teleport effect they, they used for him, too. I yeah. That was pretty effective. So. I mean, just, just think, though. Just take a step back, take a deep breath. Lockjaw... Is gonna be on. It's gonna be on weekly television. Oh, I'm all in, brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I still am in awe of what we're seeing. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm an easy mark for the Marvel stuff, obviously, but um, more so than the DC. So I will probably be very overjoyed with Inhumans. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And you'll hear all of our thoughts about it right here on Weekly Heroics. So yeah, hit that Amazon link. Go now. So, uh, nothing else, Mr. Hero? Uh, can't wait to see Homecoming this week. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. Yeah, there, yeah there's a little my, movie coming out my, in there. My favorite Marvel character. Yeah. I, 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 I will probably cry. Well, I think you and I should probably do a special giant Size Man-Thing edition on, on Spider-Man Homecoming, too. Oh, you got it. I'll be ready to roll. Seeing yeah, it Saturday. A couple people. I uh, think me and Honeywell are seeing it probably Monday. So. I might even... I might even go extra early because there's sneak previews tomorrow night around my yeah. around my house. Ooh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we probably got Thursday midnight shows around here, but... I'm, it's not even midnight. It's like 7.30. I'm like, ooh, that's nice. <laughs> uh, he's got to work tomorrow, so I'm, I'm going to hold out and, you know, to do the buddy watch thing. Yeah. Mari wa- wants to see it, too, so I guess like, oh, I'll just wait. I'll just wait the two extra days to see it Saturday. Yeah, it's and from everything, my biggest fear about it has been that it's going to be too much the Tony Stark showing. It's not. It, every review that I've every review that I've read and watched has said it, it's not the Tony Stark show. It is the Spider-Man movie. So my <laughs> body is ready, as they say. My body is ready, too. I am ready to see Shocker and Vulture on screen I'm so smurfly alright and we'll cover it here Weekly Heroics we'll see you next week whenever next week next week is yeah (laughs) and my AC goes back on because it's 85 in here now (laughs) alright you like cheap comic books right? well I'm Professor Allen and I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast and every episode I'll dissect a single comic from my collection as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes. 
or crossover events that can cost a hundred bucks to collect. Join me in the quarter bin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarter Bin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarter Bin Podcast on iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny.